Hey everybody, God bless you and welcome back to Anchor Girls Podcast with your anchor girl Maria. And it is Thursday and I am giving you guys a story of moms. This week I've been speaking about mothers, even though Tuesday I didn't speak about a mom and I spoke about the prodigal son. But today we are going to speak about the most beautiful and amazing mom who was chosen to give birth to our Lord and Savior. So get your coffees, your Bibles pens and paper and let's get into this week's Devo slash prayer. Hey guys, it's your anchor girl Maria and what I do Monday through Friday in the morning is bring a devotional slash prayer. 2020 was such a hard year for me. My prayer life was in a place that I did not want it to be. I had a hard time getting into the word and praying, so I decided that I will record myself praying and give our listeners a devotional that will encourage you and get you ready for the day. So come and join me, your girl, Anchor Girl Maria, for prayer time. All right, guys, so today's verse is going to be found in Matthew 1, verse 18. And let's read this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary's Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Do you like receiving verses of the day? Do you like doing devotionals with friends or maybe even by yourself? I have the perfect app for you. YouVersion, also known as Bible.com or the Bible app, is an online and mobile Bible platform published by Android, iOS, Windows Phone, and many other operating systems. It also supports a variety of other platforms. This app has changed over the years and it has some really cool features. It gives you a new story to hear every morning and prayer. It allows you to connect with friends and family and many others. I have been using the YouVersion app for over six years and have built an amazing community of friends and family that I meet through social media and in church. I also do Bible devotionals with my pastor and enjoy reading what my pastor has to say about the devotional of the day. The Bible app has dozens of devotionals to choose from and even gives you the option to change the version and language that you would like your Bible to be. I read the NLT or NIV and of course it is in English. This app also gives you audio options to listen while you work out, work, or even drive. The app is free, guys, and available in all app stores. Guys, so I was like looking for this 
certain part of the bible that i was like why is it why is it that matthew doesn't speak about it or mark and then i'm like i know it's in there and i remember it is in luke so in luke 1 um it gives us more of a like an inside of like mary's encounter with the angel and it's in luke 1 34 and it's when the angel comes to Mary and tells her, like, do not be afraid. You have found God- favor with God and you will conceive a- you will conceive and give birth to a child. But Mary was probably looking at him like, bro, um, what you talking about? I'm a virgin. I'm a virgin. It is against the law for me to have a baby with my husband without being married to him yet. But, you know, he was letting her know, like, no, you're going to actually have a baby by the holy spirit like the holy spirit will be with the holy spirit will be in you with the with um the baby and you will give birth to the savior you know what i like is um when mary went to visit um elizabeth and she sings a song and i wanted to read that song and the song goes like this which is found in luke um one verse 46 and it's the song of mary she goes my soul glorifies the lord and my spirit rejoices in god my savior for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant from now on all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me holy is his name his mercy extends to those who fear him from generations to generation he has performed mighty deeds with his arm He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors." So I will say I am pretty sure this is everybody's favorite story because it's my it's my favorite story. It's one of my favorite stories. And, you know, Mary was a young girl, um, you know, ready to be married to Joseph. And I love how the angel showed up to the both of them. It wasn't just something that was told to Mary. It was told to Joseph, too. And I love how Joseph was so human about things. He was like, you know. I'm pretty sure that once Mary told him in secret, like, hey, listen, I'm I'm pregnant. And but don't worry, I didn't sleep with anybody. I'm pregnant with, you know, I'm pregnant with God's child. I'm pretty sure that Joseph probably looked at her like, are you crazy? Like, are you for real right now? Like God has been silent for so many years and I don't know where you you are the one, you know, carrying the Messiah. You are the one carrying, you know the child of God and if you read through the story you see how Mary is so like if if you read it you think about about it as a mother you see how Mary and um Joseph are like so protective over Jesus um there was a time where Jesus ended up staying back and they you know they went in these days the um these people um for the Passovers and stuff like that they traveled in many groups they traveled in families so i at first i was like how do you lose your kid like how does that happen but then i started thinking about it i'm like well they traveled with people so i'm pretty sure those people had kids and you know 
being adults, having conversation, because obviously you want to have conversations when you're traveling because it's, you know, it's a long travel. So I'm pretty sure, you know, the adults were talking and, you know, feeding their animals and making sure everybody ate and stuff. And the kids were just playing. I'm pretty sure the kids were just playing around and whatever. So they probably figured, you know, Jesus is a part of all those kids that are playing. We got nothing to worry about. But it says when they got home, they realized that Jesus wasn't with them. Jesus was actually back where they were at the temple, you know, just learning and speaking and stuff like that. And I noticed a lot of pastors speak about this, which I think is so funny when they asked Jesus like, oh, like when they finally found him, they were like, why did you do this to us? Like, what what were you thinking? Like, you know, we were all worried for you. And Jesus was like, you know, don't you know that I'm, I'm like, I'm here to learn about my father and stuff like that. I'm, if you if you look at the Bible right after that, Jesus Jesus's ministry didn't happen to like 30 something years old. And if you think about like a mom, because I'm pretty sure that Mary was, eight, you know, she was allowed to discipline Jesus and, and instruct him and, and you know, um, just do mom things with him. So I can just imagine when Jesus said that to, to her, she was probably like, first of all, hold up. Wait a minute. I'm your mom second of your ministry hasn't happened yet so let me tell you something until it has to happen you gonna you come and listen to me so get your booty over here we going back home i get it i know you're the you're the messiah i know you are god but until you are the age that our father tells us that you're ready to go and minister you are not leaving my side and i'm not gonna go through a scare ever again so we start to notice that you know if you read the bible you notice that jesus ministry didn't happen until he was like 33 right after that because i'm pretty sure jesus was like you know what although i'm your savior and i'm your god i need to respect you because you're my mother and i just don't want to get in trouble with you so yeah let's let's go home (laughs) that was just a funny imagination but i looked at it like you know i'm a mom and i can just imagine if my child stayed back and was to tell me something like mom don't you know i'm all about my father's business i would literally look at my kid and be like yeah i get that but you're still young and i still want to enjoy you and until you are about your father's business at an older age as your father has told me i want to enjoy my baby without having to worry about where you're going so let's go boy let's go avanza get over here so you know i am pretty sure jesus when i read the bible i picture jesus childhood and i'm pretty sure jesus had a fun childhood and I picture him to be a very respectful kid, but I, I can't, I cannot imagine because this is the way I imagine. If you read the Bible, the way Jesus speaks to the disciples, um, some sometimes Jesus sounds uh, not sarcastic, but like, like some of the things he said says to them is like are you serious right now like are you guys this dumb like (laughs) if you think about it like if you read it you'd be like okay jesus definitely had a sense of humor so i picture jesus as a child being funny and and just you know just enjoying like enjoying life sometimes we think about jesus and 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 we and we because he's our savior we start to be like 
No, you know, Jesus definitely did not have fun. He was not like that. He is the savior. He did not have fun. He did not do any other stuff because he is God. He did not come down here to have fun. He came down here to save the world. But his ministry didn't happen till he was an adult, till he was mature. So, you know, I'm pretty sure his young years were fun and he had so much fun. And, his, and I'm pretty sure his mom was able to enjoy you know, seeing the child, the childlike part of God, Mary and Joseph and Jesus's siblings were one of the only people in his family were one of the only people that actually were able to witness the childlike part of God because they saw Jesus grow up. He was a child. They saw him from newborn all the way till an adult. They were able to witness that childlike living through through the eyes of Jesus. And, and, and I found that to be so incredibly awesome where I, I didn't think about, about it until now where I'm like, wow, God, like Jesus is God and he's God the son. And I find it so amazing that his mother was able to witness a childlike version of what our father, our creator is. She was able to witness her child as a baby and as an adult, but she was able to see God in a childlike way. And I don't know about y'all, but to me, that is awesome because, you know, we don't see God. God is someone we have faith in. We we believe in him. We have faith in him, but we have never seen him. But she has. She was, she gave birth to him. She saw him as a child. She saw the way, she saw the way that, you know, that, that God acted as a child. And it gets me to think about that part where Jesus is speaking to everyone about children. And he's like, you know, don't part, don't allow them to, to don't take them from me, allow them to be children. And I started thinking about that. And I'm like, you know, I wonder when he was saying that, I wonder if his mom was there listening to this and, and, and probably in her mind, she was like, Please listen to my son because his childhood was beautiful. I was able to witness what God is like as a child. So when I look at my children, my children are quick to forgive. My children are really never in a bad mood. They're always very happy and energetic and just full of life. And, you know, the Bible tells us that we are to be like them, that we are to be positive and quick to forgive and quick to love and loving unconditionally because children just love unconditionally. You could literally hurt a child and they still love you because they don't know any better. They don't know. They don't know good and evil. They just know that they love you. And and maybe they don't understand why they're getting hurt by you, but they know that they love you. And in deep down, they feel as if you they, there's got to be some love for me from my parent. So I found that to be such a beautiful thing. But then we see the part where Mary had to witness her child die a brutal death for a for the cause of heaven to, you know, to fulfill the prophecies, to to do 
what God sent him here to do. He, Jesus Christ was God's ultimate sacrifice to save the world. And I started to think and I, and, and I started saying, God, you knew why you chose her because you knew she had a brave heart because God, I wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't be able to do it. I would have straight up been like, God, I know that this is your child and he's not mine, but I can't. I just can't allow them to to, to kill my child. I can't. I, I If my child going to die, I'm going to die with him. Like, no, no one's going to beat my son up. And, and brutally, they say in the Bible, they say a lot of scholars and stuff like that that study the Bible they literally say that there was no way that Jesus had an image when he was in the cross because of all the blood and the, and, and the scars and the skin and the flesh being all beat up by the Romans. They said that Jesus must have been unrecognizable. You know what that is? That Jesus, you couldn't recognize. There was no way that someone could recognize who him because he was filled with blood, filled with scars, filled with with cuts all over his body. Um, you know, some studies say that when they studied deep into it and they started to um, study into the weapons and stuff that the Romans used, they even said that you could possibly see Jesus's bones because of the beating and all that. And I just started to feel for Mary and I'm like, you're brave. You're brave. You know, she stayed quiet. She didn't fight back. She didn't, you know, she didn't stop Jesus from doing what God hadn't, you know, had planned for him to do here on earth. She didn't stop him. She let him do what God called him to do. She let him, you know, walk in his purpose without stopping him from, from, from doing it because she wanted to protect him. And that's how it is with us when our children come to Christ we must learn to let them have a relationship with God without interfering without wanting to protect you know the process without wanting to step in and and, kind of do your own thing because sometimes when we want to step in we we think we're doing the right thing but we're really parting our kids from getting to know God, from getting to know Jesus, from getting to know themselves and their and finding their identity in Christ because we're so protective and we want to protect our children. And honestly, like I sometimes want to interfere because I'm honest, guys. There's times when I remember when my kids first accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. I wanted so badly to walk every step of the way with them. But then I remembered how I hated when my father wanted to tell me how to do my walk. When my, my, and I'm talking about my, my biological father. I'm not talking about my creator. I'm talking about my father, my, the man that my mom had a child with. I remember not wanting to be told how to have a relationship with God because I was getting to know God and I didn't want anyone to mess that up for me because I was enjoying it. I was discovering things that I have never discovered before. And I just 
enjoyed my relationship until this day. I still enjoy my relationship with God because it's my relationship. And I take advice from my parents because I do. And I take advice from my pastor and I take advice from, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ. But their advice is not my final advice. That's not the advice that I rely on. I rely on God's. And what I wanted to come today is telling you guys is that we need to be like Mary. No matter how much it hurts sometimes to see our children suffer in this walk. No matter how much we want to get in the middle of things when they're probably being, you know, disciplined by a leader in the church. No matter how much we want to be that defender in their lives. We got to understand that our children are in a plan. Once they come to Christ, they fall into the plan of God and not ours. You know, once they come to Christ, they have their own relationship with God. And that relationship is not going to look the same as yours and mine. That relationship is going to look different because they are different people. Although they came from us and then we birthed them, they're still different And we need to remember that God himself says that he knew them before he placed us inside of us. Meaning that God already knew their plans, their purpose, their calling. And I see a lot of parents nowadays who are pastors and evangelists and and worship singers and stuff like that. And they pressure their children into like being the next pastor, the next evangelist, the next the next worship singer, the next this. And they don't stop and say, hey, God, you called me to be a pastor, but is that my child's calling? What is my child's calling so that I can pray so that that calling could come and happen in my child's life? But you see nowadays that you know, callings have become like passing the baton. Like I'm a pass, for example, if I'm a pastor, if I, if I was to fall into, you know, the things that are happening nowadays, you know, I might want to, maybe God calls me to retire at a certain age and God says, you know, you need to step down. Another one is going to step up automatically. I want my child to step up. I don't want nobody else's child to step up. I want my child to step up. And I have witnessed um, in churches where the pastor literally thinks that the calling is only for him and his in his main circle and his children. And they don't give other youth and other people the opportunity to grow in their calling because they are they are so focused on the plan is just with me and my children and all of you guys are just a bunch of audience in in our church and truth is is that we all have a calling we all have a title we all have something and we were all called to preach the word of god whether it's through music whether it's through poetry whether it's to through writing a book whether it's through preaching whether it's to being a pastor an evangelist you know Whatever it is, we were all called for it. The Bible speaks about gifts and each and every one of us are are worthy of those gifts. But we see how in churches, that's not how it plays out. It's like there's certain people that can get that we that we will make them feel like they're worthy of the gift. And then these ones who we feel intimidated by because we could see the fire, we could see the anointing, but they're just not part of our circle. They're just not our kids. We got to make sure we always keep them sitting down and making them feel like they were just called by God to sit on a chair 
and listen to preachings every single day when that is called interfering that is called stepping into a plan that has nothing to do with you let god do his plan with your children let god you know instruct them in the way they should go let god do what god needs to do in their lives because like i said god knew them before he placed them inside of you god had a plan already before you even you know, chose to have a child, God already had a plan with that child. You just happened to desire a baby. And God said, bet I'm going to choose you to give birth to my child. This is my baby. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to bless you. He, he or she is a gift to you, but don't forget that they don't belong to you. They belong to me. Instruct them in my path so that they can fall into my purpose for their lives. And I just want to give you moms an advice that when our children are walking in in, in the Lord, when they're walking in Christ, do not interfere. When they're going through storms, pray for them, but don't try to save them from those storms because they must learn. They must grow. When they're going through whatever it is that they're going through, let them go through them and just be their sister or brother in Christ and pray for the child so the child can grow and learn. Because if you... If you get in between and you're constantly trying to save them from their storms and trying and constantly trying to like, you know, show them your way, they will never fully get to know God. They will never fully get to know Jesus. They will never fully get to know how the Holy Spirit functions and works in their lives because they are going to be relying on mom to help them for everything or relying on dad to help them for everything. What I love is that in my life, there was an absence with my parents when my parents didn't didn't really do, you know, in a hundred percent job on parenting us. You know, we had to pretty much I had to pretty much learn from the streets. And what I learned was learn to survive. But now that I'm an adult, I actually thank God for allowing me to go through that stuff because it made me a strong person. And it made me strong enough to be able to fight in my spiritual life. Because imagine if my mom and my dad would have babied me. If they would have babied me and enabled me and did everything for me, I would expect God to do everything for me. I would expect God to enable me. I wouldn't be able to grow. I wouldn't be able to believe in God's power because I would think that, okay, you're God. You say you love me. So um, I'm in trouble. Hello, where are you? You need to fix this. Like, I, I don't know how to fix it. You need to fix it. You need to fix it. But instead, because I know the whole street survival mode, I know how to tell God, okay, God, I'm in trouble. I don't know what to do, but can you show me what to do? Can you help me? Can you instruct me? Can you give me wisdom, God? I know that you can't do everything for me. But I know that you are powerful. I know that you are there for me. I know that your plans are good and your plans are, 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 are for my good in my life. God, what are your plans for my life? What do you want with my life? Lord, tell me so that I can work on things. Lord, tell me what's wrong so that I can work on that. But when we enable our children, they won't be able to know how to have that kind of conversation with their father in heaven. They won't be able to know, okay, I'm in trouble but everything's going to be okay because God has me. Jesus has me. The Holy Spirit has got me and I'm good. I know what to do. I don't need to go running to mom and dad to figure out what's going on. 
I need to run to my father, my creator. When we enable our children, they tend to run to us and forget to run to God. And we're not God. We can't fix their problems. Only God can fix their problems. The word says that things are impossible for man, but it's what's impossible for man is possible for God. The word says that nothing is too big or too small for God to handle. So we want to teach our kids. We want to be able to allow them to grow in a relationship with God so that they are able to know that with God, all things are possible. What I love about the story of Jesus with his mother, Mary, is that you see that example in Jesus's life. And maybe some people are going to be like, yeah, but it's different because Jesus was God. No, Jesus was God. Yes, but he was in the flesh. Everything we felt, Jesus felt every temptation. I mean, the Bible speaks about the temptations that he went through. Jesus went through what we have gone through in life. And we have to understand that with Jesus, he, he gave us the ultimate example of what it's like to rely on the father, what it's like to run to the father. When he, when he was sad, Jesus didn't go to the disciples and say, I'm sad. I'm worried. I'm frustrated. No, Jesus went to pray. He went running to his father. He didn't go running to Mary. He didn't go running to Joseph. He went running to his father because I'm, because Mary and Joseph allowed Jesus to have a relationship with his father. They didn't interfere. They didn't get in between because they knew Jesus relationship with his father is Jesus relationship with his father as to our relationship is our relationship with the father. And if Jesus doesn't get into it, why should we get into Jesus relationship with his father? And that's how it should be here we should not be getting into each other's relationships with the father that is their relationship allow them to grow allow them to become men and women of god who depend on god and not depend on people and with that being said i just wish you guys all a happy mother's day to all you moms you guys whether an adopted mother whether a surrogate mother whether you know, whether your babies are in heaven because, you know, God called them early, whatever the case, you are a mother. If you held a baby in your womb, you are a mother. And I want to congratulate you and wish you a happy Mother's Day from your sister in Christ. I love you. And don't forget to stay tuned for Friday for Girl Chat with me and Sierra. God bless you guys. let's pray dear God thank you so much for the gift of parenting thank you for allowing us to enter this beautiful calling of motherhood Lord father I know sometimes that we can be super extra as moms we want to protect them we want to make sure that they're okay Lord but Lord teach us to trust in you teach us to trust that you have a plan for our children's lives. Father, you say in the word that no weapon formed against us will prosper, Lord. And I believe that that goes for our children. Father, teach us to be warriors who pray for our children every single day and night. Because just like we were young and we knew how hard the fight was, it is harder for the kids of this generation, Lord. Father, give us the strength to be able to, to be examples to our children of what it is to, to come and running to you and laying our burdens at your feet. Father, teach us to love them unconditionally, even if they become men and women 
who sometimes can disappoint us, Lord, but remind us that at one point, us, we too failed and you still picked us up. Father, allow us to love them into your arms. And Lord, I ask you to bless those who are who are asking you for the blessing of having a baby, to bless those who are pregnant right now and are ready to deliver, Lord, that you are with them, that you hold their hands, that you watch over them, and that they have a safe delivery, Lord. And Father, I ask you that every day you hug super tight any mother who has lost a child. Father, those are the women that I consider to be the bravest when they have lost a child, but they continue to press on to you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the blessing of motherhood. And I ask you to bless each and every one of us. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me in prayer today. I want to encourage you to get deeper with the Lord through prayer, whether it's in your car, bedroom, workplace, or that secret place you have set apart for our Father. Remember that prayer is one of the keys to this beautiful journey with Jesus. So don't be discouraged and don't lose hope. Your prayers are being heard and answered. Always know that God's timing is perfect. Keep the faith and enjoy your day. Join me next time for morning prayers with your anchored girl, Maria. Mm-hmm.